Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's been a great week. Been a lot of wonderful things that have happened this week. Some you're aware of, others you aren't. But it's just been grateful and uh, been a great week. I want to thank everyone that's played a part and uh, working with Drayland and all the great people. I wish you could have been in my office Friday night just to see the quality of, of that just host of young men and women that were in there. Wow, I was, everywhere I looked, just great people. And uh, so we're grateful for that. Thank you for all of you who've come. Brother Campbell, Brother Jay Campbell from Massachusetts here with us. Been a friend of this church. Only past, the only pastor I have ever known that sent an offering to this church. He's the only one. I've been doing this for a long time. He's the only one that's ever done it. And uh, he wasn't a cheapskate either. It wasn't five bucks. He gave us a lot of money. And... Uh, um, Jesus' name. God, God has exalted him. He was inspecting a house, and uh, they wanted to know if the house was fit to live in or not. Right while he was in it, he determined it wasn't fit to live in. It was multi-story, and there was no other way to get out. Right while he was in it, the house caught on fire. And so he got one person out, and the man said, my brother's upstairs. So he went back in through the house, went upstairs, got the brother out. Then the fire people came with all their gear. He didn't have any gear, but God protected him, and they gave him the highest commendation the city can give. And so the Lord, he's been promoted and, and given favor in that city. And so we give the Lord all the glory for that and for protecting him. And, uh, Jesus' name. Jesus' name. This is Joshua chapter 24 and verse 30. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Sirah, which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill. So I'm going to speak to you simply on a subject entitled, Not Now, Not Now. If I had another thing to say, it's just, uh, are you ready for it to be over? If it ended right now, would you be okay with that? My response is, not yet, not now. You may be seated. When you study the book of Joshua, it's very, Joshua was an amazing leader. Um, Everybody else, got their piece of property except Joshua. And um, the people realizing what had happened turned around and they gave Joshua a piece of real estate, his inheritance. He was given his inheritance last. And uh, this is very important because it says they buried him in the border of his inheritance on the north side of the hill. As near as I can tell, when he went into his inheritance, he entered in on the south side, but he was buried on the north side, which tells me he won and defeated every enemy 
from one border to the next. And when he was done, they buried him on the north side of his inheritance. My point is, what victories still lie ahead for you? What miracles have your name on it and haven't been opened yet? I don't want to get buried on the south side of what God has promised to me. I want to be buried on the other side. I want to be able to experience everything that he has for us. And uh, I, uh, I, 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 when I look at what's going on now, and I, I, especially with these last series of Bible classes that we've had, I am, I'm trying and I find myself more and more looking at current events through the, through the optics of pro- prophecy. What, where are we in the word right now? What, what's going on right now? Is, is this what the word refers to as the beginning of sorrows? I, I'm, I've never been a negative preacher, at least I hope I haven't been. But I can't honestly stand up here in front of you and tell you things are going to get better. I am not Donald Trump. I'm not going to tell you everything's wonderful, everything's amazing. We're doing an incredible job. No one's ever done it better than us. And our best days are ahead of us. I, 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 I am not a politician. My, my, my grandfather taught me years ago, politicians are like bananas. He said they're yellow. They hang together, and there's not a straight one in the bunch. And uh, so uh, uh, just take it for whatever you can get out of it. And, uh, but if Jesus, it's, we, we, we get this stylized idea, you know. Uh, we look at people in the Bible like they're levitated three inches off the ground, and, and they, they, they had invisible wings, and, and they were just super... People and they, they, Bible said Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. Uh, he had great highs, he had great lows. The dude could call fire down from heaven one day and let some old bag say something bad about him, and he's frightened and scared and feeling sorry for himself in a cave, and he's just, uh, just up and down. And he had good days and he had bad days, like every one of us, but. Um, I want you to understand that it's going to be a day like today when the Lord's going to come. You're going to get up like you have every morning. You're going to go through your routine to, to, to do your hygiene and, and get dressed. And, and in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, sudden, pow, there's a thing uh, called 30 Minutes of Silence. Uh, I, I think it's the grand sila of the ages. When you read Psalms, you'll see that word every now and sila. And it means now stop and just take a little while and think about what you just read. I, 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 I think when you go to the New Jerusalem, I, I think it's going to be like someone just punched us right in the gut. And, 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 and you're just going to look around and it's going to dawn on you. I made it. I made it. it. It's gonna. It's it's not just gonna take the wind out of you. It's gonna take the word out of you. You're not gonna be able to say nothing. 
but you will, it will dawn on you. We are still going to be able to reason. You're, you're going to realize, wow, I got up this morning just like any other morning. And uh, my wife and I are moving. And uh, we have been moving for the last month. And Tuesday's our last day. And I am so looking forward to going to the New Jerusalem because there will be no boxes. There will be no pods. There will be no suitcases. There won't be any duct tape. There won't be any bubble wrap. There will, I won't have to go to Lowe's to buy them plastic bins. Uh, it's just, I'm leaving. And all that crap all that I've accumulated in my lifetime, somebody else can have. Just, there you go. And in the moment, it said, in a, in a, in, when you think not, the Son of Man is going to come. And if he came today, well, that uh, obviously he's, you know, Jesus has got a problem. He thinks he's God. Okay? And uh, he really thinks he's in control. If I had my way, I would give Jesus a watch and I would give him a calendar. Because sometimes I don't think he knows what time it is. And he doesn't know how serious this is to me and how important this is to me. He needs to be reminded every now and then. But, but he is going to come, and uh, uh, he's never second-guessed himself. Bible said there's no shadow of turning in him. Not, 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 not sub, just not even the shadow. So, uh, 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 so if he decides to do that today, then... Uh, uh, obviously, uh, I'm going to do exactly what the scripture says, and I'll rejoice. But I'll, 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 even though I want Jesus to come, you know, when you get to the end of Revelation, it said the spirit and the bride say, come. I used to think that meant that the Holy Ghost would move on us and the church would make a, an invitation to the world, come and go with us. But that's not what it's talking about. What it's saying is that the Spirit of the Lord is gonna move on the church and the church is gonna say, I don't wanna stay here no more. I wanna go, come Lord Jesus. And if he comes, he's sovereign, he, but I still have people that I wanna see saved. I still have people that I wanna see healed and delivered. So it's like, not yet, not yet. I still think there's same things that can be accomplished. This is what it says in Mark 14. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. Now, if you study Leviticus 23, the Feast of Passover, Passover unleavened bread, first read, it's eight days. This is two days before Passover. And, and, and look, look at the chapter. You, you're, you're in Mark 14. Mark's only got 16 chapters. So you're in 14. You're at the end of his ministry. And this is, this, the Passover is fixing to come. And we know he fulfilled Passover. Corinthians calls him our Passover. Because while the Jews were celebrating the Passover back there in Egypt, Passover's hanging on the middle cross. And, and they didn't get it. But so, so we're two days. He's on the clock. 
He's, he's got a, a, an appointment with Calvary. There's only two days now before he's going to die. So if you know your Bible, there's a lot that has to happen real fast in the next 48 hours. And, 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 and it, if you read on in verse three and four, it's, there's this woman who, uh, as near as we can tell, used to be a prostitute. And she's, she's, in, she's in this house with Jesus, Simon's house, and everybody wants a piece of him, and every, everybody wants to talk to him, and everybody wants time with him, and, and on and on. And, and she's the only one that picks up on it. She realizes not just that, that the man that has ministered to me for over three years now needs to be ministered to. She, she's, in, in, she's in league and she's aware of the times. And, and the Bible said she takes a box of spikenard, very precious. I, as near as I can tell, this is the only thing she's got left from her former lifestyle. Her, 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 her skimpy clothing is gone and uh, all of the different things that she would use to attract and lure men, that's bit. But she's got this box of this very expensive perfume. And, and, and there's a lot going on here because she, she breaks this box and she anoints the Lord. It's so powerful that Jesus said, everywhere the gospel will be preached, I want you to tell this story. Tell the story about what this woman is. She said, the Bible said, he, he said, she has anointed me to be buried. It's, nobody else has figured this out yet. When you get into Luke 24, after he resurrected, it said he opened up their understanding concerning the scripture, how he must die and resurrect the third day. But this woman has got this figured out and she breaks this box and she anoints him and, and Judas makes a massive scene and he said, what a waste, what a waste. Now, now you, now do your, in the book of John, I, I, off the top of my head, I think it's John six, but I could be wrong. It said, Judas carried the bag and he was a thief, which means he's basically the treasurer of the 12 apostles. And Jesus knew he had a money problem, but he still let him have the bag. Now, if you, if you know the scripture, Judas sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. And it says when he died, he hung himself. And it said he was buried in the field purchased with the reward of iniquity. A lot of people think that was the 30 pieces of silver, but it can't be because Judas threw the 30 pieces of silver back at the feet of the high priest Caiaphas and, 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 and these scribes. He, he threw it back in disgust at them. But, but, but what are we talking about here? I, I, I think he's swiping from the bag during the ministry of Jesus and he, he, he bought him a little bit of real estate. And uh, I, uh, I, 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 I know a pastor that I dealt with some years ago and, and uh, they were building a church and uh, they asked me to be involved because they were coming down to the end and they were out of money. So they asked me to come and try and help a little bit. So I talked to the bank people and found out how much money they had loaned. And then I talked to the builder and I found out how much money he had drawn to be able to do this. And 
the, 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 the loan was sufficient and the builder hadn't taken all the money and yet the, the, they, they, they were claiming they were out of money and the building wasn't finished. And so I had to sit down with the pastor and, and I said, somebody's lying here and, and uh, I think it's you. And, uh, and he finally admitted to me, he bought eight rental properties with the money that the church had borrowed to build a church because he wanted to make sure he was taken care of and he, and he had secured his own retirement. And, and so I, 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 I what, a, what a horrible thing to think. This guy has walked with Jesus for over three years and the only thing he has to show for it now is a piece of real estate. And he has sold out the Lord and when he commits suicide, he is buried in the piece of property that he bought by swiping stuff out of the bag. What I'm trying to show you is this, this, this guy's a cheapskate bum. This guy is a thief. This guy is swiping stuff. This is the guy that accuses Mary of being wasteful because it wasn't 50% of the box. She didn't, just, she didn't carefully open up this box and just take a little bit of us and splash it. It, it. She broke the box. In other words, she poured the whole thing on Jesus. And Jesus doing the math said, what a waste. This could have been sold and we could have, you know how many orphanages we could have bought with this? You know how many backpacks we could have bought for the kids going back to school with this? You know how many lunches we could have bought? Isn't it amazing? The very guy who sold Jesus is the very one making fun and chiding and deriding this woman for what she is given. And, and what you have to understand is the timing here. You are in Mark 14. You're at the end of his ministry. And there are unique pressures that always come with the end. And we are at the end of something right now in our culture, in this world. I really believe we are the generation upon whom the ends of the world are come. I, I really, truly believe that. And, 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 and th this is what Mark 14 teaches me. What, th what brought out the best in Mary brought out the worst in Judas. And so the question we have to ask ourselves during this Corona thing, is it bringing out the best in you or is it bringing out the worst in you? How are you responding to the pressures at the end? Because there are some people might never come back to church here. There are some people, this has brought out the, the absolute worst in them. And there are others, it's brought out the best because we're in the pressures of the end. Because what Mary called worship, Judas called it a waste. Because they had two totally different ways of looking at this thing. She knew in her spirit, it's time to break this thing. I can't pour anything out until something gets broken. It's always going to be that way in the spirit. The Bible doesn't say he opened up the windows of heaven. It said the fountains of the deep broke up and then the windows of heaven were open. Something has got to break inside of you and me before the presence of the Lord can be poured and before things can flow. How long has it been since you've been broken in prayer? 
How long has it been since you lost track of time that you made that scripture in Peter come alive? I don't know if a day was a thousand years or a thousand years was a day. I don't care because you're in the presence of a timeless God. It's what David called fullness of joy in his presence. This is important. It's very vital because according to the book of Acts, it wasn't a wisp of smoke that set upon them. It was tongues, flames, flames, not the smoke, flames. Read Revelation chapter two, under the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? If you've been in this church for any length of time, I have always taught you, the book of direction for the Old Testament is Joshua, the book of direction for the New Testament is Ephesians. The church that was in Ephesus was light years, revelatory ahead of everybody else. They had insight, every other epistle that's written, somewhere in there, there's a rebuke. There's no rebuke in the six chapters of Ephesians. Every part of it is an amazing, uh, just, just incredible stuff. These people were way ahead of everybody else. And yet now, years later, John says, this is what I, he said, I, I want to commend you. He, 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 he says, I know your works. I, I know your heart. I know your labor. I, you, you've got patience. I know that you won't put up with evil people. I know that you found out that people that call themselves were apostles. They weren't, they were false prophets. He goes on. You've borne patience for my namesake. You've labored. You haven't fainted. But he said, nevertheless, I've got somewhat against you. And it's the somewhat that is not dismissed or disguised in these verses, because this is their somewhat. He said, you left your first love. And he goes on to say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to remember what your first love was. And then I want you to repent because you left it. And then I want you to return back to it. So the question is, what's your first love? I tell you my experience with first love. The night I got the Holy Ghost, I was just a young boy. They prayed with me in shifts. My mother's here. My mother was playing the piano when Floyd Reading was preaching. 20 minute sermon, one hour altar call. He was not gonna stop until he got everybody in that crowd that needed to pray to pray. I didn't wanna blink, because if I blinked, I was gonna cry, and my pals were gonna see me, and I didn't want that to happen. And my mom's playing the piano, and, and, and right, I mean, I'm telling you right in the middle of service, my mom quit playing the piano and said, for goodness sakes, Harold Eugene, get to the altar now. So I did. I did. I, I was there for three hours. My, they prayed with me in shifts. I could hear them. My mom and dad prayed for me a while. They got tired. Then my grandma and Mary Keeney prayed for me. And then, then when they got done, my pastor and his wife, they prayed for me. By that time, my mom and dad had their second win. They came in. They didn't let me. I got the Holy Ghost because I just flat out wore out. My flesh gave up. And the spirit had to take, I mean, I'm serious. I just, I prayed and prayed and prayed finally. But I still remember when I began to speak with tongues, it was like my dad was far away. He was in the next yard or something. I could hear him talking, but, but it was like he was a long way away. And, and this is all he, I could hear him say, yeah, dad, keep doing that. Keep doing that. And so I did. And, and, and I remember the night God filled me with the Holy Ghost and it was just this glorious thing. And I remember when church was over, I went back to the, car with my dad. He started up the car. I leaned over the front seat. My mom's not in there yet. And all I can do is say, dad, I, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. 
I still remember, never forget Harry's response. Typical Harry. Now you got to keep it. Now you got it. You got it. Now you got to see if you can keep it. That's my daddy. That's the way I was raised. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you the first thing that happened to me after I got the Holy Ghost is I wanted to tell somebody, even though they already knew it, I had to tell somebody what God had done for me. That was my first love, and that's what John is talking about. You left your first love. He said, I want you to remember that. I want you to repent that you left it. And I want you to return and go back. I'm grateful for it. I, uh, Friday night, I was in that room with Draylon. I looked around. It was just every young man and every young one. It was just quality. I'm not, I'm not talking about half-hearted kids here. I'm talking about consecrated, clean, just, just great, great young people. And, I, but, and we've been blessed with that. And I was talking to Renee Friday. And, and I said, Renee, this, this is such an excellent church. I walked in here yesterday and, and, and all sweaty and been, been moving boxes, but the doors were open. It smelled so good in here. Vacuums, brooms, all everything. And I, and I know Brother Hebel did his stuff and here was Sister Anna Marie there and, 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 and I, we, Brother, Brother, Brother Pacheco and I were back in the fellowship hall and banging around. All of a sudden looked down, here was Elijah laying in his crib just sleeping. Regardless of all the noise we made, he, he was gone, man which told me somewhere Kelsey was around here working and all these young people. I didn't have to make a call. I did, years ago, we would call and call and call and beg and beg, but not now. Now it just, it's just it's like this machine. And, and I told Renee, I said, this is, this is such an amazing group of people. And she said, oh, you should have been on our, on our Zoom call yesterday, Harold. It was Faithful Friday. And she said, I, I, when we got done, I just told them, I, she said, I am so overwhelmed with with just the quality of the people that I, I, I talk about you. I tell people all the time, I pastor a church that most preachers would give body parts to pastor and I love you and I'm proud of you and I'm impressed with your gifts and thank you for all the money you give and thank you for, but, but, but that, that, that's what we're talking about. It's my question and when was the last time you told somebody about what Jesus did to you? I know we're cleaning the floors, getting the grass cut. I, I know we're doing a lot of nice stuff. But answer that question. When was the last time you couldn't help yourself? You had to tell somebody about what Jesus had done for you. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's, that's important. Matthew Elkins is here. He's got, a, he's got a brother Mike and he's got a brother Maurice. None of you have ever known Maurice, but, 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 but Matthew, Matthew talked to him a while ago and finally Maurice said, now you quit preaching to me, I'm done. And he said, so I kind of backed off, but he said, my brother Mike ain't backing off, Pastor. And he's just zinging him again and again and again. And he said, yesterday, he said, Mike just tore into him and I'm watching Maurice. And he said, We're, he's about ready to go. And he said, I decided I'm a call his bluff. So he's sitting right back there. He said, Maurice, don't you think it's time to get baptized in Jesus name? He said, okay, let's do it now. So they filled up Matthew Elkins bathtub yesterday and he took his brother and he baptized him in Jesus name. That happened yesterday. Why? Because he has not left his first love. He's still got that thing inside of him. I got to tell somebody about what Jesus has done for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
go through the word. It said you go through the gates with thanksgiving and then you get into the outer courts with praise. But if you know your Bible, there's an inner inner court. There's a holy of holies. That's not praise. That's something called worship. If you've been around here for any length of time, we've tried to teach you that it's just good manners to say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, for, thank you for the air in my lungs. Thank you for the sanity in my mind. Thank you for the strength in my, that's just good raisins. That's just proper raisin. Nobody, somebody does something for you, you tell them thanks. And when you get around Jesus Christ, you realize, man, he's done a bunch of stuff for me. So the, the first thing that ought to happen to you is you ought to say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. But if you're around him for any length of time, that's high school. You get out of there and then you get a degree in something called praise. And it's not just thanks, but it's exalting him. Amen. With a lot of excitement and jubilee. But if you go into scripture further, then you get into graduate school and you get a master's degree in something called worship, which has nothing to do with what he's done for you. It's based in on his identity. It's Jesus said, for which of my good works are you stoning? They said, we're not stoning you because of the miracles you've done. We're stoning you because you're a man and you're telling people you're God. So he's either the Lord from glory or he's a liar and a lunatic. You gotta make up your mind. But if you get the revelation of who he is, then, then, then we're way past air in the lungs and sanity in the mind. Jesus, thou son of David. <laughs> when you get the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, oh baby. Or you have hitched your wagon to a store and you've got what Jesus called the greatest revelation in the history of the world. But the same way you get it is the same way you lose it. Because after a while, your worship begins to die down and you're not as excited about Jesus and who he is. And then the praise goes away. And I'll tell you when you're really in trouble, when you can't even thank him. The Bible said in Romans one, neither were they thankful. It is when you get people that aren't thankful, man, you're, you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. I, 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 want you to, I want you to understand that. It's so important. I, I, I would say to all the gray hair that's in this church, do not depend on the young people to drive every service. I'm grateful for the young people. We get, we get our strength from our elders and we get our life from our young people. But do not let the young people be the driving factor of exalting the Lord in this service. Don't, 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 don't leave it all up to them. I've done my part. You young people just get, no, 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 no. You can't do that. I read something one time and it said the reason there are icicles in the youth group is because there's momsicles and popsicles on the pew. We need worshiping young men and women and we need worshiping elders. Don't say it's over. Say, not now. I'm not ready to hang up my spurs. I'm not ready to stop. I believe there are still things God wants to do through me. I believe God still wants to do things through this church. I, 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 I spent a lot of time in Australia in years gone by and they said, would you like to go to a football game? And I, I said, yeah, sure, let's go to, a, I went to real football over there, man. 
They got, they, 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 they got a game that, that's like nothing I've ever seen in my, it's called rugby. And, and there's three different kinds of rugby. And I, the, the, the field is three times as big as, a, as what we would call a football field. And, and you can't pass it with your hands, one kind of it. I saw one guy run, run down the sideline. I mean, flying through the ball. I don't know how far out ahead of him he threw it, but literally on the fly, he kicked that ball and, and hit it with the side of his foot. And in a perfect spiral, he passed it to his pal, his mate, who was on the complete opposite end of the field. And I asked these guys, I said, where did this come from? Uh, this, this is not football like I know it. And they said, well, years ago in England, they played soccer and soccer is played with strictly with your feet. But there was a game and they were down to the final moments of that game and one of the men was so desperate to win he literally caught the ball in his arms and took off running with the ball, which you can't do in soccer. And as he kept on running, the crowd stood up and started clapping and yelling for him because they realized winning was so important to him and he just had a short amount of time. And that was the origin of rugby. It was way beyond soccer. I'm, I'm telling you, we're, 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 we're in the final moments of the game here, folks. And, 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 and there could be a desperation that comes upon us that I know, I know it's not in the rules but but I, I want to win I I want to I want a revival I want a harvest I want something to happen and I, 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 I I'm, I'm desperate for this I, I know what the rules are but it can't end this way it can't end this way Hey, this place is paid off. We got beautiful pr property paid off. I drive a nice truck. I live in a nice house. I don't care. That doesn't do it for me. I, I'm in a midlife crisis. I don't want a Harley Davidson. I don't, I don't need a red sports car. I don't need some bucks of me 20 year old blonde. I want a harvest. That's, that's what's driving me right now. I want a harvest. John, John was boiled in oil, boiled in oil. They say for 24 hours. I can't prove that, but I got several texts that I've re read that in. 24, they, they tried to boil him like a French fry and it didn't work. So they banished him to Patmos. He's an old man. He's at least 90 years old. He lived to be 100, but he's 90 years old. All of his pals are, <coughs> are dead. All of them are gone. Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? You ever felt that way? That you're all alone and you've been burned by one experience after another where you got banished and you feel like nobody cares? Then listen to what it says in the book of Revelation. I, John, was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can't keep spending all your effort talking about how you got burned or banished or ignored. Get in the Holy Ghost! That's our answer! Here's Mary. Here's Mary. She's not even married yet, but it's obvious she's young. And an angel speaks to her. It says you're going to, that thing that's squirming in you. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So she's got an older sister. And her older sister's been married for a long time. But the Bible said she's barren. And she's never had a baby of her own to, to bounce on her knee. 
But guess what? At the very same time, God was putting a baby inside of the womb of Mary. He's putting John the Baptist in the womb of the old Elizabeth. So my deal is I'm grateful for all the young people that have something squirming inside of their spirit. But there's old people in this place with gray hair and God ain't done with you yet. I don't care if you've ever had a revival. I don't care if you've ever seen a harvest. Don't give up on that. Not now. Not now. My daddy, my daddy said to my mom a couple weeks ago, well, I'm getting pretty old now. <clears throat> he said, I'm ready for the coming of the Lord. And my mother said, you can go, I'm staying. And my dad said, Esther, why would you say anything like that? She said, because God promised me a revival and a harvest that I'm gonna see it before I die. And if you wanna leave, you Harry, I love you, you go ahead and leave. I'm sticking around because I believe there's a harvest that God's gonna give us in this city. My mom told my daddy, not now, not yet. So I'm not ready to go to some Holy Ghost retirement center yet, amen. I I know I'm 63. I'm not talking about trying to overstay my welcome as pastor. I'm saying as an individual, I believe there are things in the Holy Ghost that God can still do with me and do with you. And I'm not about to say it's all over. Let's just, let's just feather our retirement nest here now. And let's just get ready to hang up our spurs. No, I say we worship today and we see what happens and we come here tomorrow night and pray and we bombard the Holy Ghost again. Don't you feel, I feel this thing squirming inside of me. It's like indigestion. I really do. It's like something going on. I'm going, oh God, please, please have baby. It's, I've been going through this for months. It is, you're not supposed to carry babies for too long. It's dangerous for everybody. And it's dangerous for a church to have something in the Holy Ghost squirming and we don't do that groaning and we don't do that intercession to bring that thing to birth. So I love you and I thank you. We've, we've eclipsed, we've, we've shot for a hundred for three years, but now we're consistently over a hundred people in our prayer meeting. And I love you for that, but that's not a good enough reason to say, look what we've done. Now those hundred or more people have got to do what, just keep on, keep on pushing, keep on praying, keep on interceding, keep on seeing are you here right now? Amen. Has the enemy told you you're done? Have they told you you're done? Amen. He's, you're still breathing for God's sakes. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. People are coming right now to pray for you. We'll do it as nicely as we know how. We'll cross the T's. We'll dot the I's. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for you. Spray the hands. Pray for somebody else. Spray the hands. Pray for somebody. We'll do it. We got the building clean. We've got it fogged. All these services have been cleaned between these services. We're doing everything we can to do that kind of stuff. But, 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 baby, see, we're not going to go out of the laying on of hands business around here. We're just not going to do that. 
And he says, if you want someone to lay their hands on you, then for goodness sakes, get your carcass out of that bench right now and come up here and say, would you please pray for me? Because I'm struggling with something that's telling me it's all over but I, and I'm done. Uh, like Willie Nelson said, turn out the lights, the party's over. All good things must end. No, it doesn't. There's still something God wants to do for you. If you're not gonna come up here around the altar, if you wanna worship and pray with me in the pew, I'm cool with that, but don't stand and be silent in that pew. I want you to lift up your head, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and I want us to join in right now, and let's see if God doesn't have something yet to inspire in your spirit right now. Come on, let's do this together. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Don't just clap. It's easy to clap. Clap and use your mouth like a weapon. Clap and shout with the voice of triumph, with the voice of an overcomer, an overcomer. Lord Jesus, I'm believing you. I'm believing you right now, God. Amen. I'm at halftime. I'm not at the end of the game. This is just halftime. I'm getting my second win right now. I'm getting my second breath right now. I'm grateful for what you've done with me. I'm grateful for what you've done through me. But I really believe I've got prayers yet to pray. I've got people yet to be delivered. I've got things that need to yet be done. And I believe you're going to use me, Lord, to be the vessel and to be the catalyst to make that thing occur. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. 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 Yes.
baby. 